Um, here's first one. You're telling me they put licorice in this pizza? Right, here's another one. You're telling me they put licorice in this pizza? Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me they put licorice in this pizza? I feel like a voice actor. Ugh, that's my, my grunt for when I fall. Okay. Um. <clears throat> hold up. Are you telling me they put licorice in this pizza? It's a cold open. What's I it? didn't tell you. I didn't tell you. Yeah. Um, the Heim sisters. Uh huh. Danielle, Esty, Alana. Mm-hmm. I want them to step on me so bad. Look, I haven't looked at the rest of them, but Alana. Actually, you have. You have. Oh, are they in the movie? You know who they are in the movie? Are they her sisters? They are. And of course they are. Dude, Alana, Alana Haim took me. It took me a little bit to warm up, but once like, excuse me, excuse me, is Haim? Haim, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Alana Haim, um, it took me a little bit to warm up to, but man, oh man, that's all I'm gonna oh, say. That's all man. I'm gonna say. What's all up, right, guys? Cold open. This is is not the terrible. The podcast where I, Zach Brown, sit with my co-host. Hey, it's me. It's Morgan. What's up? And we talk about movies. They used to be shitty ones. Now they're not. Yeah. Because this is a pretty good one. This one's licorice pizza, guys. So strap in. Yeah. And you may. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a good one, but there's some things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And in ju- I guess as a, as a refresher, you know, last like last time we did a top five um, each of uh, of our favorite movies of last year. Licorice pizza came in as uh, as the first movie we decided to do. Um, and. Uh, it was this was one of your picks, right? For uh yes, for your top was. five, right? It was. Yeah. I love this movie. I also love the Heim Sisters. Apparently. Great band. Check out their music. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. PTA directed their most recent music video. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, great stuff. Sweet. Great stuff. And where do you want to start with this, Zach? Where do you want let's, to start? Let's start let's start here with just like a quick overview okay. of the movie. Okay. Uh Ligger's Pizza, December twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boogie Nights, Inherent Vice, Magnolia, y'all know who it is, starring Cooper Hoffman, son of the late, great Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, rip. Uh, uh, this is his film debut. Alana Heim, the Heim, ba- Heim the band, her film debut. Bradley Cooper's in this movie also. I put that in the top three yeah. starring roles because Bradley Cooper is a character in this. <laughs> a- ain't he, though? Um, ain't he, though? Um <laughs> I and you know that you know you brought up uh Cooper Hoffman and Alana Haim. Uh first performances killed it. Oh, so good. Just killed it. I mean, I look, uh, I don't know if it's good direction. I've actually never seen a Paul Thomas Anderson flick, so this is my first. Um and I, I definitely I didn't even realize going in that this was a Paul Thomas Anderson thing. Um not that it would have meant any, anything to me either way, but going in, I was like, "Oh, cool." Like Zach, you know, and maybe maybe some of you guys know if uh, if you've been listening for a while, you know that like I'm a big fan of Dazed and Confused. 
Um, <sighs> and this doesn't watch it the other night. So good. Yeah, like and and licorice pizza doesn't exactly give off that vibe. It does in a way because it's in the seventies and it's a very faithful uh, representation of the seventies to a fault. Um, and we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> uh, in so many ways, of this movie. So um, many ways. And so, like, I really, I just really get off on this vibe. <laughs> which, which, someone please clip that because <laughs> I just want, I just want that as my ringtone on everything. Is like, I really get off on this vibe. Um, but yeah, like seventies flicks, they feel so home to me. Maybe it's because mm-hmm. I, I grew up like in, you know, in like whatever, whatever Arkansas. And so by the time I was born in the nineties, no one had changed decor in 20 years. <laughs> um, so much so that we'll get, maybe we'll talk about this later, um, where waterbeds are mentioned in this movie. <laughs> They're not mentioned. They are like they the are, main they crux are like, of 80% of this movie, which right, I did not you're expect right. when I was on theaters. They are the third quarter of this movie. Um, and, uh, and I did have two family members that had waterbeds. So, uh, I, you know, um, waterbeds wish they were here to stay. Uh, if I'm being wish honest, wish they were here to stay. Yeah, wish they were. The only uh, waterbed I know is when I pee the bed. <laughs> and so, and so, what's I guess like what's your background with this movie? So, I remember when the trailer came out, like probably August. It was it was the last summer, mm-hmm. and Alana Heim was in it, and I was like, oh, shit, I love Heim. I've got to see this movie. I love PTA. Got to see this movie. A uh, Phantom Thread. A PTA movie from like 2018, I think. Mm-hmm. Incredible. One of my favorite movies of all time that I just don't talk about very much. But I saw the trailer, 70s, uh, Days of Confused, one of my all time favorite movies. I was like, this is Zach's movie right here. You got Alana Heim, you got the 70s, you got PTA. I can't fucking wait. Then I heard some rumblings about the plot, <sighs> and I was like, oh, oh, okay, we'll see, we'll see how this goes. And so I went and saw it in theaters. The fucking adored it. I saw it twice in theaters, actually. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a movie. It's a movie we got to talk about a little bit. Um, yeah. It's it's something. It's, <laughs> it's definitely something. it's definitely a movie that I watched um, about thirty minutes ago. Um, and I, I guess you, I guess you want to give a, a little bit of a plot breakdown. It's a little bit it's a little bit of an yeah. anthological thing um mm-hmm. it's not super i mean if i guess if you watch this and expected like a big through line from like you know um a climax to an ending you might be a little confused because it might be a little uh, uneven i'm real glad there was not a climax in this movie <laughs> <laughs> i'm also you know you know if you know you know and I'm you also know, you if, know. I'm also glad there was no climaxing in this movie. Um, let me spell that out for the audience. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the main plot is Cooper Hoffman plays um, his name is Gary Valentine. He's based off of a actual ch- former child actor and producer in Hollywood named Gary Goatsman. Is that right? I had it. It's yeah, go G O E T Z M A N. Okay, Goatsman. I'm unfortunately not very good at Gatesman? pronunciation. Goatsman. Like, uh, yes, Goatsman probably. But um, it's about how he meets this 25 year old whilst he is a 15 year old high school student played by Alana Heim. And basically about their relationship. I don't want to say it's romantic because I feel like for 99.998% of the movie. It's like a little kid and his babysitter. Yeah. It's that relationship where it's a little kid, like, obsessed with his babysitter. And then the movie takes a turn the very last second that we can discuss later. But it's really just about them growing up in the San Fernando Valley in the 70s. 
doing Gary doing all these child acting and all these schemes and get rich quick stuff throughout you know a two hour movie. There's not much of a plot. I think that's why I kind of love it so much. Mm-hmm. Which but is I think which is not... a huge reason why I love Days to Confuse the way mm-hmm. that I do. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of that slice of life, but this one's a little. Multiple. This one's not as. Yeah, it's multiple. It's not just one day like yeah. um, American Graffiti or Days to Confuse. This is like over a period of probably it takes like a year almost, yeah. if not more. Yeah, I think I think they're the same age by the end of it because at, mm-hmm. at the end it, it like they are um they are still referring to Gary as being 15 and her being 25. So maybe like yeah. maybe like 6 to 8 months or something, you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. But yeah, actually the there's not really much of a plot to talk about. Um really the main the entire story is just about this relationship between Gary and, and Alana and kind of mm-hmm. how it it stays the same and then it just suddenly changes. I and you know that I guess that's where I might push back a little bit. I don't feel that mm-hmm. way. Um, I feel like I feel like this movie acknowledges over and over and over again. Um, and it, it doesn't directly say it, but it says it a lot in Alana's body language whenever she looks at Gary. Over time, you can you can slowly start to tell that you know she's not the one making these moves. Gary is always the initiator, and always yeah. has been the initiator in this. But you can tell that she is getting something out of it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I do want. I do want to before we get too deep into this. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's clarify a few <laughs> let's, things. Let's put a little caveat yeah. caveat here. I don't. I think this is a big problem in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think the relationship almost ruins the movie. Yeah, honestly, yeah. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth, but I think. I think it's it supposed to. I. I think so too. I, I think that. I wish that PTA would talk about this more than he does. He talks about the other bad part of the movie, yeah, but never once addresses this stuff. And I think, I think it should be addressed. I think that I think it would be. I think I guess like I guess my take on it is, um, so throughout this movie, um, Garrett, like I said, Gary is always the initiator in all these situations. He is the one pursuing Alana. He is just this very charming, um, fifteen-year-old kid. He's a big idiot. You kind of have to love him. Um, at a point he's very funny. He's very, uh, charismatic. He basically gets whatever he wants, um, at like any given turn. Um, he doesn't really see the consequences of that very often, but I guess the point I'm trying to make here is that Alana is constantly talking about their age gap and she is constantly trying to, or at least you think that she's trying to move on away from Gary um, because they very much like they very much have like this jealousy toward each other mm-hmm. um, and throughout the whole thing. Uh, Gary has a uh, Gary has a moment where she is date. She goes on a date with um, one of the uh, actors that he acted with. I get who I guess was a little bit older. He's never really said how much that yeah, how old that I guy think, is. I think he's also based on someone and he is much older. OK. OK. Yeah. Because because he's a little bit he's like a shorter guy. Um I forget who he's played by, but you, uh, it's the kid from Booksmart and Vacation. And he's a great actor. I, I love that guy. Like I love that dude. Um, well, we know the kid's at least eighteen because he's not. He doesn't have a. He doesn't have a uh, person with him when they're going to. That's a good. Yeah, that's a really good point. He is above. He is above eighteen at least because um, because she doesn't seem to really have a problem dating him um, at all. But I guess I guess the, I guess like what I'm really trying to hammer home here is that 
over time, I guess the movie doesn't do like a super wonderful job of like showing the transition between like her disinterest in him to her interest in him. You can slowly kind of tell through their interactions that, you know, she 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 really does care about this kid. And, you know, I don't guys I like I, it. This is just one of those things where, like, I, I understand and like people have mentors and people have older friends. I had plenty of older friends growing up. I'm, my, one of my best friends is 10 years older than me. It, Most of my friends are 10 years older than me. So, right. So like <laughs> it's and you know, and like even in our in our age range now, like it's a it's a much different dynamic even then. But also like back in the day, you know, I had you know, I had friends like siblings who I was like, you know, like friends, sisters who I was like, you know, had really good relationships with. Obviously not to this extent. Um, it's just that I think this I think this movie is constantly reminding the audience that this is a bad thing at every like just about every turn. Like and not in the sense of like, oh, Gary, we shouldn't do this. I'm 25 and you're 15. It's just it's it's just constantly reflected on. Um, the age gap is always told to you very clearly. Um and I, part of it makes me wonder if this movie is made to make you feel uncomfortable. Um, with that, mm-hmm. even though it's like it's constantly, um, it's constantly parading this as a as a coming of age or a um or like a beautiful like love story, um, which I find really interesting, um, and also find it like really funny, um. Uh, like, there's some great there's some great jokes between yeah uh, just about the relationship yeah and like yeah like yeah in the movie in the movie is funny but i guess what i mean is like i find it funny that like the um the way that i interpreted this is that the movie is very like um the movie is very uh critical or it tries to be in a way in a really soft way um of their relationship while also showing like how much they actually care about each other. And mm-hmm. so it's like this weird, like the movie is literally called licorice pizza. Um, and I know it's called licorice pizza for, for a different reason. Um, it was, it was like, it was like, um, they used to like put like something in call, like they used to give people licorice pizzas or call something licorice pizzas or something back in the day. Um, and it's also the name of a record store. Um, yeah. and so, but I guess the point I'm trying to make is that um, licorice pizza in and of itself just sounds disgusting, but it's also <laughs> like the idea of like, well, it's still pizza, right? You know what I mean? Like it's the the idea of like this grooming scenario um, all with the backdrop of a coming of age story with no real criticism behind it, um, at, at least from like at least from uh, um, a very direct perspective. It feels like it feels like the point of the movie is like. Oh yeah, like we know this is messed up, but like let's like it's a it's a love story. So like it's this bittersweet thing. Um the way that I would interpret licorice pizza tasting, I guess. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm stretching here, but that's just kind of I don't, I don't think you're stretching. I think it's just real it's a really hard movie to talk about. It is. It's really hard. I mean, I've seen it 3 times. I think I think the more you watch it, the more you kind of see how subtle that relationship changes. Yeah. Cause you see it the first time it's a lot of like, Oh damn. Uh, they, she went on a, she's going to go, thought she was going on a date with the director of uncut gyms. He's gay. She loves, uh-huh. she loves Gary. Uh-huh. That's like, that's how really how the film scenes whenever you watch it the first time that ending. Yeah. And I think having that already in your mind when you're watching it, knowing how that's it, how it ends, it feels a lot more subtle 
Yeah. And then it's just like, <laughs> it happens. It, yeah, it definitely happens. Um, Let's like, I guess let's get into, I, I guess let's get into some of my notes. <laughs> yeah, I want to go through some of your notes. Uh, before you do that, I, want, I do want to say, yeah, talk ahead. about the, the atmosphere of the movie. Yeah. The soundtrack's awesome. The movie looks incredible. Yeah. I think the transfer for Voodoo is very bad, though. You know what? I you gave me your Voodoo account and I didn't use it. I I just ended up because I I I didn't feel like scrolling back up far enough on our text messages this morning. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and I recently bought the Spider Man collection on my Voodoo, so it's just been logged <laughs> into my TV forever. Yeah. Um. So I just I just rented it on YouTube for like six dollars. Um. And it was it was pretty good. I mean, did it look did it look too bright to you at some point? No. Okay, then I think. Think that it might be HDR oh. on my TV, and this movie did not agree. Oh, it might have been. Yeah, it seemed when I saw it in theaters, it looked gorgeous. Yeah, it seemed when I fine to it me at home tonight. It looked real bad. Yeah, it, it seemed it seemed perfectly fine to me. Um, but yeah, like yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, like this whole the whole movie like looks beautiful. It is like a joy to watch. Um, just like really good shots, like really good, like really good cuts. Like I mean, was it the parallel cuts at the end where they're both running toward each other? Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Like I mean, context aside, like is just like a really great moment. And then he totally like, he totally like sticks the landing in my opinion when like when they catch each other and they immediately eat shit in front of the movie theater. Yeah. Like so that's good. so funny to me. Like just, just very, very good comedic bits because the movie, the movie's not like super funny. I wouldn't call but it a comedy. Funny. There's some funny stuff in it. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a comedy, but dude, there are some bangers in here, dude. Like I, man, I can't even, I can't even, I don't even know where to begin. I think we can discuss one huge hilarious part of this movie. That's the Bradley Cooper stuff. The Yes, the Bradley Cooper stuff um, was just, the first note I have is, in all caps, Barbara Streisand, are you fucking with me? <laughs> and shove that excuse up your dick hole. Dude, <laughs> dude, Bradley Cooper's character plays... Barbara Streisand's uh, boyfriend at the time. John Peters. John Peters. Real life person. Okay. Former hairdresser, director. So, and his, I won't give anything away. His performance is so good. And it's something only Bradley Cooper could do. Like, Bradley Cooper is just, I mean, I, I've, I, I'm a big Wet Hot American Summer fan. Oh, God, what a great film. Just, uh, former podcast episode, go back, listen to it. It's a great one. Yes, yes. Wet Hot American Summer absolutely just rips. I um I think this movie was kind of overlooked this year at the Oscars. I had a couple of nominations. PTA got nominated. Mm-hmm. It got nominated for Best Picture. Alana and Bradley Cooper, I think, were snubbed. Uh, oh. Bradley Cooper for supporting actor, for sure. Even though he wasn't going to win, I think he still deserved the nod. Did Cooper get anything? Uh, no, he didn't get nominated for anything. I think wow. he got nominated for maybe a Golden Globe. Okay. okay. No, nothing at the Oscars. No Oscars. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I I super did not watch the Oscars. I was in a I was in a Discord call with like a bunch of other people when the moment happened at the Oscars. If you know, you know. Um, but yeah, like there's the uh, <laughs> like the whole line from Bradley Cooper that's just I'm gonna kill you and your family if you fuck up my house. I will choke. Is that your brother over there? I will choke your brother out right in front of you. And dude. That shit sent me into outer space, dude. That and shit was the so stuff funny. Him at the uh, gas station. Yes, and, golden. Yes, and he's holding he's holding the lighter up and the gas <laughs> nozzle. He's like, "It's my nozzle." It tell me, it's my nozzle. It's mine. 
And like, dude, it, he's like, it's yours, man. It's yours. He's like, tell me it's mine. It's the dude. He's so off kilter. It's so good. I don't know if you saw it or not, but it was in the trailers. There's a scene where he has the two um, tire irons. No. Is that in the actual movie? It might be post credits then. Oh, no. But it's him like breaking car windows with tire irons. Oh, my God. All the, it's it's in the trailer, the shot. I wish it wasn't in because it's, it's like as the credits roll, it happens. And it's hilarious. It's him like just ninja chopping with a tire iron windows and shit <laughs> at a car lot. That's so good. It's hilarious. In uh, let's see. What else? Do you have anything else for this? Where? I mean, the bullshit. Um, yeah, I guess we should the, touch that. We talked about kind of the beginning, the relationship between Gary and Alana ends with them kissing and Alana telling Gary she loves him. Mm-hmm. I The way it's shot, I almost wonder if the original script or the original before the edit had it kind of be this ethereal. Is this dream? Right. Or is this not actually happening? Because the way she whispers it. She's ADR. And the way he's, it's ADR. Yeah. It just, when I saw it in theaters, I thought, is this meant to be like a dream thing? Because it, it, the way it's edited, it happens after the pinball, when they go to the pinball arcade where he's like introducing, you know, Alana Valentine. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, you idiot. Yeah. So that's where like, I'm like, okay, so she doesn't want to do this. And then they immediately kiss. Right. It's just super weird. Right. And like, and also like, yeah, and that's what see, yeah. And at the end of the at the end of the movie, whenever that happened, and it's all like it's all shot, um, and like the shot is smeared. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like you said, almost as if it's a dream sequence. But there's no there's no sort of like indication that that could possibly be a dream because it picks up exactly where they left off in real life. There's no indication that anyone is going to sleep. It's not like someone's exactly. eyes closed and then you know what I mean? Yeah, because like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, maybe I just misinterpreted it. I saw it a second time, and I was like, nope. Yeah, it, it just it's, is not very well. It's either not very well edited or the edit was or it was shot as a dream and they edited it to keep it not, which I think is a weird choice. Yeah, like it felt like maybe maybe he felt like he wanted to be more direct in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and so it just it just comes off as like stilted and, and a little strange. The other bullshit this movie. Let's, let's talk just about it. The entire fucking racist bit. Yeah. At the Chinese restaurants. Yeah. Or Japanese restaurants. And I don't. And this whole movie, um, just reeks of um, of like of just. I don't know how to. I don't know how to talk about this. It's. It just. It totally reeks of like um bad faith in a lot of weird ways in terms of like in terms of the way that like people are going to discuss it i guess Mm -hmm. um because i think you cannot talk about this movie without you know without mentioning the blatant pedophilia um to be perfectly clear um Mm -hmm. and there's also no real way to talk about it without talking about like the insanely racist shit um i and that's why I wish PTA had talked about the relationship stuff and not kind of stuck his foot in his mouth about the racist bits. And because he's like, what did he say I about the racist make, bits? He was like, I want to make it, you know, feel like the seventies, and that's that's what the seventies was like. And it's like, ooh, and like, and you know, and like, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent, I'm a big believer in that depiction does not equal endorsement. Like, 
mm-hmm. don't think that Paul Thomas Anderson believes that. And I don't think that like, I, I don't know. I'm coming to defense for, for someone I do not know. And that's not my intention here, but like, it's just, it's still like, even, even if he does not believe that, even if he believe, even if he is like, oh, he's like trying to make this guy look like an asshole. It's played as a weird, and the timing of it all is set up as comedic. Yeah, and everyone kind of laughs and like makes faces at it in the movie, and it's like, right. There's not one grimace or anything. Right, and it's very, it's just very weird. Like I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm. It just seems like one of those things that this does. There's no no real need for it to be there. Like not no, not at all. Not at all. It's completely like insane and i've seen like i've seen some pretty like weird arguments online about this um in terms there of were some some brain dead takes on this movie before it even came out yeah i'll be honest yeah pretty the trailer came out and i was like oh god yeah it's like time to go i <laughs> and like yeah i i don't know like the whole like uh the whole bad faith argument about like we well, shouldn't watch this movie because it supports pedophilia and racism and like which that's really not the case. I think that the movie could be a lot better at communicating its uh, its stance on both of those things mm-hmm. because ultimately it kind of shy it kind of just it feels afraid to say much of anything about it. Um instead it's like it's kind of like it can to the wrong people, I guess. Um and as a director you shouldn't have to worry about your art being interpreted by the wrong people, but the problem is if you don't leave any other room, if you don't leave a strong argument for the opposite stance of that interpretation, then you're kind of not you're kind of not doing your job there by leaving yeah. things up for interpretation whenever you are clearly leaving open this thing that's like, oh, well, no one acknowledges the racist bit. So everybody in this movie is totally cool with all the racist shit, um, even though Alana's character, um, as uh, you know, we might see her as progressive. Um, in a way, right? Because she's like, mm-hmm. she's, she's political. She's older. She, she knows what's going on with the world. Um, and <laughs> sorry, thanks for her knowing what's going on in the world. The scene in the, in the restaurant yes. when they realize there's a gas crisis. It's fucking hilarious. Yes. She's just like, do you know what an what oil f- embargo is? <laughs> do you know what rubber's made out of? <laughs> Dude. She's like oil dipshit. <laughs> it's, it's so, so good. So good. So good. Um, and I, I don't know, like I, but my my opinion all on all of the quote discourse around this movie is that Paul Thomas Anderson could have done a much better job of like not making such a middle of the road um, perspective on all of this. The mm-hmm. the Japanese the the just insanely racist Japanese uh, accent um, is completely unnecessary and just yeah, not you could take it out yeah and, and, and played up for comedic effect um and they just last forever to make you feel uncomfortable and it's like i mm-hmm. man like this just kind of sucks it doesn't add anything to the scene both of those scenes it's like two scenes right yeah and like neither yeah. of those scenes really add anything worth like a value to the film yeah no the second time we see it the only thing i think it really adds is she walks into the bathroom and the girl she worked with at the photo booth walks in as a waitress and they talk about Gary for like three seconds. Mm-hmm. And that is the only thing that any of those scenes lead to at all. Yeah. I think this movie, if it had an Arrested Development season four or a Godfather part three edit yeah, where you take, take out that stuff for starters and you also make the scene 
with Sean Penn's character at the end of the movie mm-hmm. where we have that scene on the waterbed where he they almost touch hands and that's the end. Yeah. This movie, I think, is just ten times better. You get rid of the <laughs> yeah. You get rid of the end running and kissing. I think you can still put the pinball stuff in there and the and the um the um the mayoral mayoral stuff in yeah, there. Yeah, the councilman, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think because I don't really think that uh, any of the audition stuff with Jack Holden yeah, matter. needs to be where it's at. Yeah. It can be anywhere in the movie almost. Mm-hmm. And and another thing I think another thing I'm gonna be very critical of here is just this that weird with the councilman thing. Um the whole like I, I understand that the interpret like the the message was supposed to be like yeah, that guy is stalking the councilman because he knows he's gay and he's trying to destroy the campaign. And that's all well and good. Um, I don't think there's inherently wrong with that um, in and of itself. But the the issue I guess I have toward the end, and we were being very critical of this movie. but I fucking love this but movie. This I'm is a very good movie it. and I recommend you watch it. it is, there's a lot to love about this. But, but there has just been a lot of bad faith arguments about this, uh, a lot of bad faith discourse about this. Um, and I think it's, I think some of it is pretty unfair. Um, but back, back to this, I think there's a conversation that Alana has with, uh, with the councilman's boyfriend, uh, played by, um, uh, played by Iceman from X-Men. You know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And, um, you ever seen Animorphs? And so, <laughs> so there's a conversation that's happening there where he's just like, He's like, do you have a boyfriend? And she's like, not sure how to answer because she's very much obviously thinking about Gary. Uh, And it's just, I don't know, in that moment, this person confiding in this gay man who is like hiding his life away, confiding in this woman who is, I mean, by the end of this movie, I mean, like, look, man, she's grooming Gary like oh yes by not backing away by constantly being in his life she is grooming him um and there is there's a conversation between a gay man and a woman who is grooming a 15 year old and the conversation feels as if it is equating the two things and i i thought that really sucked and maybe that wasn't intentional um I feel like I might be, I don't know. I I like, I feel like at some point I might be giving, giving, you know, Hollywood people like too much benefit of the doubt and they may not be able to like, they might not be able to see what that is, but it, it just comes off as like, Oh, we're the same when like you two are not the same. Like this is a gay man having to hide his life away and sacrifice a relationship with a councilman who cannot be, seen as gay he will be he will be killed and or he would be he would lose the election Mm -hmm. and whereas like this woman who is just like let's just be honest here in the 70s and and in this movie it's pretty much like the only person it seems like that's having a problem with her hanging out with gary is her you know what I mean? Because even whenever she mm-hmm. goes to her friends and she's like, do you think it's weird that I hang out with Gary and his 15 year old friends? And even her own friend is like, I don't know, like, no, it doesn't seem weird. And then and she says it's weird. Yeah, but she's like, she's like, oh, I think it's weird. She's like, well, it's whatever you say it is. And 
at that point, I'm just like, so there's no one making a judgment call on her at all for any of this. It's only her. And, and look, I know how it was back in the day. My, you know, my grandparents got married when mother, when my grandmother was like 16 and my grandfather was like at least 20. Yeah. And you talk to any grandparents. That's, that's how it was. I, I, and I get that. Like, I'm willing to make that exception. But it's just, I don't know, like it, it, that, like that left a bad taste in my mouth for sure. I think the movie really kind of falters in that last 30 minutes, mm-hmm. it, which sucks. Yeah, because because it is so strong, like it is like if it if it was um if it was a movie about like a guy who, you know, had a crush on like, you know, on like on a teacher's on a TA or it was it she she did photography, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a and, school photographer person. Right. And so like if if it was just a story about, you know, a guy like a 15 year old kid, like having this crush, but she like she still she believes in him or whatever. And like they have a relationship and she is very strict about not letting it go anywhere or something like that. I feel like that's a much more that movie would be I would have no complaints, mm-hmm. but, you know, it's not that movie, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but yeah, like uh, aside from that, I think this movie's a lot of fun. I mean, like, I highly recommend you go watch it. It is two hours and like thirteen minutes. Yeah, it's definitely worth the watch. It's it's super worth the watch. I highly recommend it for vibes alone. Um, it's it's a it's a very very good movie. Um, it's just it's just not without its criticisms, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely. I think it was one of the strongest movies of last year. Just. Mm-hmm. when looking at that stuff but it does have those those big issues which really really suck yeah, yeah. uh didn't realize benny safty was an actor definitely just thought he directed movies oh that's his brother that's hilarious i forgot that he you know did acting benny safty what's he been in uh he's the director of uh uncut jams yeah uncut jams uncut jams that's brother. right yeah, yeah, yeah um he's not really acted in a whole lot he's in obi-wan kenobi <laughs> Is he really? Didn't know that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. All right, buddy. He's also an Oppenheimer with every other white actor in yes, America. Of, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Yo, he's got wicked eyelashes, by the way. Look he at that does. guy. He does. You guys want to go look at some wicked-ass eyelashes? Look up a photo of Benny Safdie. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like this movie we could talk about to death, just the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just to, So we don't close out on this sad upsetting note about this movie it needed more heim sisters singing that's true for one thing um the heim sisters shocked how not terrible they were <laughs> i am yeah they were shocked that they weren't bad yeah i think yeah i think i think the direction of this movie i mean as far as the actors go i think everybody really crushes like it's it's all like how did it's all really good um i can totally see why this was up for up for any sort of nomination mm-hmm but yeah, I mean that's that's licorice pizza. That's licorice guys. pizza. <laughs> uh, I mean, go watch the movie. Watch the movie. Form your own opinions. Yeah, I think mean, that's the biggest issue the movie had was people forming opinions six months before the movie came out. Mm-hmm. And TikTok and also just not having seen awful. it. And also just yeah. completely writing it off because of because of um you know it, it because of what it's about. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, Great time. Yeah. Which like you know if if you wanna if you wanna watch a movie that like leans in this direction but totally I think um pulls it off check out columbus you know that that movie's the movie's very good uh, go go check that out um it's about oh, it's I about a girl columbus. who's like really into architecture who meets a teacher played by um 
Ah, oh, I forget his name. I forget his name. Hold on. Uh, John Cho? John Cho! That's right. Rory Culkin's in the movie, the third Culkin. Yeah. Um, and she and you know, she and John Cho become become friends. Um, and he sets pretty clear boundaries. Um, it's all all in all pretty, pretty healthy relationship between like a mentee and a mentor or like a, a teacher and a student, you know, that, that type of thing. Um, so yeah, definitely go check out. I definitely recommend licorice pizza, but if you want something to maybe a palate cleanser after that, check out Columbus because Columbus is really good and really well shot. Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. Columbus, Ohio. Good old Columbus, Ohio. Um, all right guys, uh, time for, how about this? How about, how about we go to an ad break? Ad break. Let's do, let's do ad break. All right. That was an ad break. That was an ad break. Did you guys like that? Do you like our you sponsor? Like do you like our sponsor? They're pretty cool. They're, they're pretty rad. Pretty rad. <laughs> um, it's time for us to do, hey, this is pretty good. Zach, what's pretty good, bud? What's pretty good? Elden Ring still. Where are you Elden, at Elden Ring? Ring still really good. Um, so... I'm still at Godric. Okay. <laughs> but I've been going around and doing a bunch of bosses and shit. Okay. I'm just kind of avoiding Godric. I went to him yesterday, got him to like a fifth, and then he one-shotted me somehow. So I was like, Oof. you know what? I'm just going to keep grinding. Yeah. Yeah, Godric will do that. I, I recommend, don't be afraid. Look, I'm, I'm look. If, if anybody listening has been playing Elder Ring, chances are you have. Um, Don't be afraid to like play that game co-op. Whether that mean like find a friend to play um to play co-op with or just summon somebody outside of a boss door um mm, i should do that i've been like i've just been playing elden ring that way um where i'm like okay cool like if i want to if i want to go grind you know for experience or something like that what i'll do is i'll put down my summon sign in a really like in a really like early uh difficult area and so i'll go in help people and then whenever they die, I don't lose my uh, my runes or anything, and so I just keep farming that way. Um, and that's really oh. that's really nice because you don't lose runes whenever uh, you die or they die in uh, if you're in their world. But oh hell yeah, yeah. But if you do, um, if you summon somebody and you die, then you still lose runes because you're in your world. So okay, so yeah, keep an eye out for that. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of like just exploring. I got to that like area with the big heads on wheels that shoot fire. Oh yeah, Heroes Graves. Uh, yeah. I got my shit kicked in there. <laughs> <laughs> I went through that like little scarlet rod area, went down that cave. These big scary mantis dudes killed me. So I left that area. Yeah, you gotta get out of there. That was pretty cool. Um that Kirby game, the new one. Yeah. Fucking rips. That one's it's real fun. What's what's the Forgotten Land, right? Forgotten Land, yeah, yeah. yeah Aiden, I went to go. Aiden's been like really talking up a big game about that game, but he has not bought it. We took I took him to Game <laughs> Exchange last week to um to buy a game, and they didn't have it. And yeah. but Aiden, of course, just wanted to get something, and so he ends up buying Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle instead. That's a fucking good game. Which, that's a hard game. I exactly, have issues that That's game. what I told him, and he's like, "No, no, no! I played this at my best boss." I'm like, "Okay, man, whatever you say. Like, we'll." We'll go with it. And so he's been having fun with it. He's been having a lot of fun. It's a fun game. Yeah. It, but he has like $20 left over. So now he's got to save up more money for Kirby. That's fair. Yeah. yeah it's a good game. I went to go buy it. So actually I went to buy the game and they had an OLED switch. And I was like, I've been looking for one of these. Just <laughs> so I bought, I bought an OLED switch. Pervert also. behavior, dude. Just. <laughs> thing is beautiful. Just pervert behavior. Pervert behavior. I need to get new joy cons uh, for my switch because yeah that was the other thing it was like minor minor drifting and 
the locks are broken on there so like they can just get knocked off really easily mm-hmm. so i'm like ah i should probably do something about that you know morgan i talked about what's cool on my yeah. stuff what's pretty what's pretty good for you so i only have one thing this week um obviously i've been still been playing elden ring i started over on pc um and i'm completely God, caught up to where animal. i was on playstation um <laughs> you fucking pervert you, yeah you want to talk about pervert behavior i'm making everybody bleed to death i named <laughs> i named um <laughs> This is my last bit about Elden Ring. I named my character on PC Squirt Reynolds. And it's fucking hilarious. I saw on Twitter and I laughed so hard. <laughs> it's so so I just really love being uh being summoned to other players' worlds and then they just see they just see you being invaded by uh Squirt Reynolds. Um very good. Elden Ring is very good. Um but another game a game came out uh, last Thursday, I believe um called norco um it's a visual novel style point and click adventure game um based in uh based in the united states i think it's based in louisiana in norco louisiana i don't know if norco is actually a real town in louisiana if you're from norco ride in um <laughs> yes our norco I, rider yeah yeah if, hey if if you're in norco let me know dude um it's about um it's about a girl who you, you're playing this girl and I, I i totally forget her name um and she went away she went away from home a long time ago when her mother was sick um she couldn't really stand her brother and uh and like these oil companies have kind of it's like in a far future these oil companies have kind of completely taken over everything and have slowly like started to destroy um especially the south um and uh and the game picks up where she she comes back and um and I, I'm from, I'm from like the Delta. I'm from Eastern Arkansas. And so this is a game I kind of relate to a little bit because if if you're from a small town, you know, it kind of just feels like slowly over time, everything's kind of crumbling around you. Whereas like you go, you go to these, these uh, metropolitan areas and you see so much growth um, and, uh, and so much like so much, so many things prospering, I guess would be the right word. And you go back home and then there's just nothing. And sometimes there's even less. Um, and so, you know, and sometimes I feel that way about um, about where I'm from, too. And, you know, I grew up in that place and, you know, slowly over time, I started to see things start to shrivel and, you know, and die and people start to move away or or worse. And, you know, and going back even to this day, I don't live there now. It's not the same circumstances but going back to this day is really hard because you're seeing the remnants of what was. Um, and Norco really kind of capitalizes on that. Um, uh, you, you play as this girl who's trying to piece together this mystery that, um, that her mother has, uh, has kind of started and you're trying to figure out why, why she's trying to find this thing and what this thing is. She's trying to find, it has to do with these oil companies. Uh, and it's very cool. I've, I've, I think I played about an hour over it over the weekend. It's only about six to eight hours. If what I'm hearing is right. Um, it's, it's pretty short and sweet. I think you can get it for like 15 bucks, uh, on hmm. steam. I think I got it for $13 the day it came out cause it was in sale, but yeah, I, I highly recommend it. It's really cool. If you like visual style, uh, visual novel style point and click adventure games, um, the writing in it's really good. Um, all, obviously all the dialogue matters. If you like disco Elysium, you'll, you'll probably really love Norco. That sounds rad. Yeah, I, I might check that out. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, Cameron Kudzman over at um, over at Vice wrote a great um, great essay about it. Um, so definitely go check that out too. Really good stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Morgan, what's up, Zach? That's the podcast for this week. I think that's the podcast for this week. I think so. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the podcast for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do. Let's do. Let's tell what next week's movie is. 
next week we have the sheet huh sorry we have the we have the sheet for next week what's the, what's the movie for next week guys the movie for next week is the green knight grab your cum belts ladies and gentlemen <laughs> I think I think the Green Knight will be a really good, really good palate cleanser uh, compared to Licorice Pizza. And I really and, you know, I really hate that, you know, we spent so much time being so critical of of, of Licorice Pizza because of how like how delightful it really is to watch. It really I, is. I'm, I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> licorice Pizza is really good. Actually, go watch Licorice Pizza. I was I, I'll be honest I was dreading talking about it yeah. because I love the movie so much but I'm also so critical of it yeah it's it's hard you gotta and like you know these episodes are hard you know you gotta be really critical of the things that you care about you so know? Jay and Silent Bob part two and, and that's the thing yeah honestly maybe maybe this is the closest one we've done to a Jay and Silent Bob part two except I straight Oof. up just did not enjoy watching yeah, Jay and Silent Bob the, the, besides the, the Weezer song it really sucks yeah exactly like the, the only really good part of Jay and Silent Bob is the fact that they transition mother motherfuck into um <laughs> Jungle Love by Morris Day in the time <laughs> in the beginning of that movie like Oh God! Um, oh man! But yeah, I, I'd say Smith. like I'd say like I let's let's end it off this way. If you know, if we were going to rate this movie, I'd I'd give it a huge recommend. I huge recommend. Oh yeah, gigantic! I yeah. I would say this is a must watch from last year. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was you know it's definitely like an awards bait um type of movie. Oh, 100 percent. Um, it's it's pretty long, but it's 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 worth your time. One hundred percent. Yeah. But the Green also, Knight, the Green Knight's yeah, Green also Knight. very long. <laughs> yeah, uh, I need to watch that again where I'm not sleepy. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely dozed off in the first 15 minutes I saw in theaters. Oh my god! I yeah, the Green Knight. If if you have the option or you have the opportunity, um, watch the Green Knight in 4K, baby, because mm-hmm. that's 4K, a baby. that's a good looking that's a good looking movie um and also um, and also watch it if you like elden ring uh <laughs> yeah it's elden ring the movie it's basically elden ring the movie yeah and they're tall naked people it's like attack on titan yeah that's what i'm always saying all the tall naked people are like attack on titan <laughs> oh my god um where can people find you morgan um you can find me on twitter though i don't recommend it at peaceable lake zach where can people find you bud you can find me on twitter at y-r-o-k-a-z underscore n-w-o-r-b I'm tweeting dumb shit all the time. Always. Uh, I've been playing Lego Star Wars. Talking about that shit. Good game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a Twitch. Don't really stream on it much. At Y-R-O-K-A-Z. Maybe one of these days I'll stream on it. When I get back into Final Fantasy fourteen, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Uh, yeah, yeah, gang. gang. We'll see you next week for the Green Knight. <laughs> see you guys next week for the Green Knight. Go check out our buds uh, at some good shows. Uh, check out. Oh, I missed that part nope, on the dock. You're so totally fine. Up. Don't be. No, you're good. You're good. Go check out our buds at some good shows. Go check out MCU Thoughtcast, Hamburg Lore. Um, Shonen Tell is coming pretty soon. It might be out by the time this episode goes live. Yeah. So definitely go check out Shonen Tell. Go check out the Big Three. The Big Three, great podcast. I am so addicted to my hero now. It's real bad. <laughs> the Big it's Three, real bad. If you if you want to hear if you want to hear a bunch of uh, three nerds being critical about anime and maybe crying a lot, go go check out the Big Three. It's it'll make you feel good. But Zach, real good. I think that's a podcast. That's a podcast. Bye guys. Bye guys. Love you.